everyone, it's Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, Biblical Encouragement for Women of All Ages. Today I want to talk about something that is so prevalent in our culture. There's this mantra called, do what makes you happy. If you go to a decorating store or even a clothing store, oftentimes you will see that slogan on coffee mugs and wall decor and handbags and t-shirts, do what makes you happy. And as I've seen this slogan crop up more and more, it's really brought to mind what I call the personal fulfillment myth of our day. There is a message in our culture that targets us, especially as women, saying that life is all about being personally fulfilled. We need to go after the things that make us feel good, make us feel happy, and build our lives around those things. And not necessarily the opposite is true, that you should go out and do something that makes you miserable, but I see a real danger in building your life around, quote, personal fulfillment. And that's what I want to talk about today, looking at this from a biblical perspective. Does God intend us to build our lives around just being personally fulfilled and doing things that make us happy. So many of us, when we get into the mindset of the culture in this area, become convinced that we really can't be happy until we're in a perfect set of circumstances. So there are a lot of women who feel like, well, I really can't be happy until my romantic life is perfect. Or I really can't be happy until my material possessions are have reached a certain level and I have a, a specific type of comfort in my life. Or I need a better job. I need a different marriage or a better marriage. Or I need my husband to change. Or I need a different church. Or just a more personally fulfilling career path or ministry path. And if I don't get those things, I have every right to be miserable and depressed and discontent. So often when we fall for that idea, we feel this sense of entitlement to doing only the things that make us feel happy rather than willingly and joyfully doing the tasks that are sitting right in front of us. So whether you're a mom at home with young children or you're a student in school or you're working maybe a menial, tedious job that isn't really that enjoyable, so often your mind can be elsewhere. You have diapers to change and little kids to feed or you have data entry to do or you have a test to study for and none of it really brings brings a sense of personal fulfillment or happiness per se. And it's so easy to avoid doing those things thinking, well, I I really shouldn't have to do this because I'm entitled to only do things that make me feel happy. And therefore, we often neglect the things that are truly important that God has put right in front of us because we're in this pursuit of personal fulfillment. And one thing that has really brought this understanding home to me in the past probably five to eight years, is that Eric and I have talked with missionaries and ministry leaders all over the world who really are desiring uh, people to come alongside them, Christian men and women, who will come to these ministries or come alongside them on the mission field and just joyfully serve, joyfully and willingly do whatever needs to be done, even if that means scrubbing toilets or changing diapers or fixing meals, and even if it isn't really that person's first choice of what they think would make them happy and fulfill them. 
But the caveat to that is that it's very rare to find Christians who are willing to do unglamorous tasks because everyone today has been trained to only do what makes them happy and brings them personal fulfillment rather than having the mindset that I'm here to serve and to pour my life out even to the point of personal discomfort and sacrifice for the glory of God. Now, I do believe that as we follow God's pattern and design for our life, it does bring tremendous joy and fulfillment and happiness into our lives. In fact, really, there's no greater place of true fulfillment than in the center of God's will. But when we base every decision around what we think will make us feel good or not feel good, we can live very selfish lives. Even a lot of moms today with kids at home are often fooled by our culture into thinking that unless they somehow get this outside life of their own, they need a a career or some fulfilling hobby or just things that have nothing to do with their family and they need to put boundaries around the time that they spend serving their families and unless they do that, they won't be happy. I mean, it's not very exciting to just clean up messes and change diapers and feed kids all day long, so I need to go out and add this bonus thing to my life that's really going to fulfill me rather than saying, this is where God has put me today. He will give me grace for this today. And even if it isn't the first thing that I would have chosen to do with my life or my day, this is what's sitting in front of me and I will do it joyfully as unto him. And that's really where true fulfillment comes from, is joyfully surrendering to Jesus Christ, not demanding our own agenda to be fulfilled. So often as young moms, because I'm in that season of my life with with six kids at home, there's this common idea that I often hear from young moms saying, I, I had children to enhance my life and my life has just become more complicated and messy since I've had kids. And it's almost like this disillusionment. We so often before we have kids have this romantic dream of, you know, our home being like a pottery barn kids catalog and the room, the nursery just being perfect right out of a magazine and the children just being happy and perfectly well behaved. And then when reality hits and you realize, wow, I have to stay up all night with a screaming child or my children throw tantrums, my children make messes, my children inconvenience me all the time. It can be really a rude awakening to realize, wow, this is a sacrifice. Now, having children and and saying yes to that step of saying, Lord, I open my life to serving a family can bring tremendous joy and fulfillment, but it all depends on your attitude and your approach to it. If you are saying, I will willingly and gladly sacrificially serve this family that God has given me, it can be a great joy and a great delight. But if you're saying, well, unless this perfectly fulfills me and enhances my life and benefits me in some way that I'm going to be discontent, then raising children can be a miserable season of your life. And this isn't just for young moms. This is just an example of how that personal fulfillment myth can really wreak havoc on our homes and our families and our lives. Amy Carmichael was a missionary to India. I quote her all the time. I've been reading a little book of hers where she talks about different struggles that she went through as she was raising all of 
of these children that she had rescued from temple traffic in India. And she was under a lot of pressure when she first started caring for these children to do work that was more important in other people's eyes. Everyone looked at what she had chosen to do as beneath her and as as demeaning. You know, all she was doing was feeding these babies and and changing them and caring for them. And she could have been a very well-known evangelist traveling the world and speaking at conferences and winning thousands of souls. But instead, she was pouring her life out for these little children. And God really challenged her with that story of Jesus, the King of heaven and earth, who knew that he came from God and he knew he was going to God is what the Bible says. And yet he still chose to wrap that towel around his waist and bend his knee and wash the dirt off his disciples' feet. And she wrote in one of her books when she was struggling that, Lord, I do not care for the work that I've been given to do. It doesn't personally satisfy me is what she was saying. And God's response to her was, did Jesus care for Gethsemane and the cross? Did he do those things because it was personally satisfying to him? Or did he do that for our sake? And that question answers itself. And when we look at what Jesus did for us, how sacrificially he gave, how much he poured out, he was not considering his own reputation. He was not considering his own comforts. And he was not considering his own personal happiness and satisfaction. And yet, because of the way that he poured out his life, we are redeemed and rescued and can spend eternity with him. And it really does put us to shame when we come face to face with what he's done. When we're nitpicking and complaining about the task sitting in front of us, all we need to do is look to the example of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. That is such a powerful statement because I believe there is tremendous joy in choosing to humbly serve others, humbly do that task that is sitting right before you, regardless of whether you think it's going to personally fulfill you or make you feel happy. And that really is the example that Jesus set for us when he left his throne and all his comforts in order to make that ultimate sacrifice for us. Philippians 2, 7 through 8 reminds us that we are to have that same attitude as Jesus Christ, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant. So the question remains, does God intend for us to be happy? If we are taking the form of a bondservant, just as Jesus did, if we are willingly making ourselves of no reputation, if we're putting that pursuit of personal fulfillment aside and saying, Lord, the only thing that matters is joyfully serving and pouring my life out for you and for your glory, that question always remains, does God intend for us to be happy? One of the most powerful answers to this question can be found in an old classic sermon called Ten Shekels in a Shirt. It's by Paris Reedhead. I probably listen to this sermon once or twice a year because it is just so powerful. He's really challenging our motives of why we give our lives to Jesus and why we serve him. Is it for personal fulfillment, for personal benefit, or simply for the glory of God? And in that message, he says, yes, God intends us to be happy, but as a byproduct and not a prime product. In other words, that should not be our motive for coming to God. Lord, I want to receive you because I think you're going to bring some kind of benefit into my life. Instead, Lord, I give my life to you because you are worthy. 
I want to look at a very practical aspect of this issue of setting personal fulfillment aside and serving with a joyful heart. I really believe it all boils down to serving with the right motive. Another quote by Amy Carmichael says, if I put my own happiness and well-being before the work entrusted to me, if though I have this ministry and have received much mercy, I faint, then I know nothing of Calvary love. That is such a powerful quote because it's so easy to get into a job or a ministry or even a marriage and family for the wrong reasons. We might envision receiving applause or recognition or gaining that sense of personal fulfillment or satisfying some kind of personal dream that we have. But if we get involved in any kind of serving for the sake of our own happiness, we are going to grow wearied and burned out the moment things become challenging. And again, there are many rewards that come from serving and from having a family and from being in ministry and from living a poured out life, but there are also many difficulties. Choosing to serve means purposely choosing sacrificial love. I knew a young woman one time who went overseas to be part of an orphan ministry, and she had envisioned sending all of these cute photos of herself with these little adorable children back home to her friends and family. She imagined staying in a comfortable mission house and being able to read Bible stories and play games with these children. And of course, the children would always be happy and well-behaved. And she pictured people applauding her for her sacrifice and love. But from the moment she set foot on foreign soil, she was shocked by the whole experience. She encountered dirt and filth and noise and smells and discomfort and sickness and danger far more than she ever could have expected. The work she was assigned was difficult and tedious. The children were challenging. There were definitely no sweet, cuddly photos to post on her Facebook page and no warm, fuzzy stories to share on her blog. This was hard work. It was full of difficulty and challenge. And because she had gotten into it for the wrong reasons, with the wrong motive, she was unprepared for that challenge. And within weeks, she was on a plane back home. Later, she admitted that her motives for getting into ministry were completely wrong. She said, I thought I was going to help others, but in reality, I was only doing it for myself. And then when things got difficult, I didn't want any part of it. I can say from personal experience that even things that may look like exciting ways to serve, like writing books and speaking, really are not always glamorous and fun like many people assume. There are a lot of pressures, spiritual attack, inconveniences, and stress that comes with that package. And that is the case for any type of serving. A mom raising a young child or someone who leads a huge organization If you're doing that for the glory of God, there will be difficulty along the way. And if you do it for your own happiness and comfort, you will be frustrated and disappointed. But if you do it for God's glory, you will receive the unmatched reward of his grace, his presence, and his strength. So if you are in any kind of role of serving, or even if you're just in a job that you don't feel is satisfying to you, I encourage you to remember those words from Amy Carmichael, if I put my own happiness above the work entrusted to me, I know nothing of Calvary love. Be reminded why you are doing this in the first place. Is it to make you happy or is it to bring glory to Jesus Christ? Answering that one simple question can put everything in perspective and give you the strength and courage to keep going when you feel like giving up. Now, that doesn't mean that we are always to say yes to every opportunity to serve. There needs to be a clear direction from God in what to say yes to and what to say no to. We need to be led by his spirit when we make decisions on how to serve and when to serve and who to serve. 
But it all boils down to this. If our chief desire is to obey him, bring glory to him, and joyfully pour our lives out for his glory, rather than just to pursue our own happiness and fulfill our own personal desires, we can be confident that he will not only lead us and direct us, but give us a joy that cannot be found through any earthly means. I challenge you this week to start asking a new question about whatever it is that you're doing on a daily basis, not what will make me happy, but what will bring God glory. And if we live with that question continually on our hearts, we will find true joy. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to go deeper into this idea of finding true joy and looking to the right source for your joy, no matter what your circumstances, I hope you'll join me at our upcoming Set Apart Conference. It's a weekend for women of all ages, and I'll be going deeper into this topic of joyful living. It's taking place May 25th and 26th in Colorado, or you can join us anywhere around the world via simulcast, and you can stream the conference up to three months after the weekend of the event. So I hope you'll visit setapartgirl.com to learn more and consider joining us in May for this amazing weekend. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.